welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. And every week we're bringing you guests to help you think about fatherhood in a little bit different way. And today we've got a great dad with us. Tim Taylor is with us from out in San Francisco. He's got an adult daughter that we'll talk about because we always start our show talking about fatherhood, but he also has a podcast that we're going to talk about as well. Tim, thanks so much for being here today. You're welcome, Chris. And boy, I got to tell you, when you say great dad, that is that I got to hire you as my publicist or at least have you talk to my daughter. Tell her great dad. I love it. Hey, you know, if you're willing to, you dance out on the dance floor, you know, have the tie wrapped around your, your head and, and all of that. You know what? That's all a part of it being a great dad, you know, is just being engaged and in there, you know, be there no matter what. So yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, that's just a part of it. You know, sometimes I get to have an opportunity to have a dad and a daughter on. And yeah. it's interesting because sometimes... The stories that the father is telling are stories that he's never shared with his daughter. And sometimes that becomes kind of fun, too. And it becomes a little revealing in many (laughs) ways, too. Now, I always start the show with some questions about you as a dad, because I I love to turn the clock back in time. One of the things that I love to do is you you have a daughter that's in her 20s now, and I want to turn that clock all the way back. Think back to when you first found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Tell me about that. I found out I was going to be a dad to a daughter when we got an ultrasound test and we decided to find out if we were going to have a boy or a girl. When we got that test, we had the option and we chose to find out. And my experience when I found out I was having a daughter as I grew up with four brothers in the Midwest here in Michigan. I I grew up in South Bend, Indiana with four brothers in a town that was very 1970s. And the experience of growing up with five boys in the household was a little bit like Lord of the Flies, maybe more dangerous than Lord of the Flies. There was no conch given around who, who got to talk when. But comparatively of my brothers, I was the most sensitive I was a sensitive kid, but there wasn't a whole lot of space for that with five boys. But what I recall, because I love, I'm a listener to your podcast and I, I do love when you ask the question to hear what different people say about it. What I recall was simultaneously a few things happening. One, recognizing that I was gonna have to learn a new way of relating because I had no sisters. I was married at the time. I'm no longer married, but her mom is active in her life like I am and had the realization that I'm going to have to communicate differently and also a realization that I was going to be willing to do that and, and have it come around. And, and like for some reason, I knew inside myself something new was going to be revealed. I didn't know what it was. And it took me about eight or nine years to actually get to the point where that actually became true. But it was like it was those things all at once. And, and if I'm being completely upfront with you, I felt a little bit underprepared because I realized it was going to be something that was going to ask something of me that probably never had been asked before. And that turned out to be true. Now you talk about the fact that it was asking something of you that you never thought of. And talk to me about that. What was it about raising a daughter? And this may make you fast forward a few years as you yes. as you kind of look through the life of your daughter so far. But what were those things that you had to learn for yourself? Those things that you had to set aside within yourself to be able to be the father you wanted to be? 
Yeah. So I, I think I would fast forward to when she was eight or nine, when I went to a course in Palo Alto. It was, a, it was an evening course where this woman who actually was on my podcast. And by the way, for those of you listening, Chris mentioned me on the dance floor with the tie tied around my head. It's not because Chris and I went dancing last night, although if we had been, we might have had that experience with one <laughs> with one another on the Father Daughter Dance podcast, which we'll talk about later. I mentioned that early on, but I remember sitting in this room with like seventy other dads of daughters, and this woman stepped out. Her name was Julie Metzger, and she said to us right off the top, "Your daughters don't want you to solve their problems," and it just blew our minds. It just blew my mind because up until that point, most of my relating with my daughter was about what's going on and how can I address it? Food, want to be tickled or need a change or whatever it is, all these things. And suddenly she's stepping into a world where she's eight, nine, 10 years old, where I just need this new way of relating. And it's like a little embarrassing, but it's the truth, like the vulnerable truth about me, Chris, is this way of relating is what is successful when relating with the feminine side of people in our lives who are often females, but not exclusively females. And when I grew up with a family of five boys, the majority of the work was around problem solving. So like who has the biggest issue, go solve that. The other four will figure themselves out. There just wasn't space for emotions or listening. And I had a very affectionate father, really affectionate father, which helped me a lot. But the number one thing I learned that I had to put aside was when something came up with my daughter to be aware of that side of me that would arise, that would immediately want to go into solving her problem. And it just asked me, it was good because she gave us like a five-stage approach to listening. And that helped me because I'm a good listener, but I'm usually listening to determine, okay, what is the right solution to provide? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like, I don't, and so anyway, I, I realized there are these things that I have to put aside because, um, you know, Chris, like guys like you and I, and like the men I listen to on your podcast, like the love for our daughters is like a friend of mine said this once at a cellular level. It's like so deep in us. And while it may not seem like a big deal to a lot of people. It was a huge deal to me for when she's saying something is just to take a breath and just listen to it and let her continue to talk and realize that a lot of times she's just noodling through things or sharing her heart with me and that what she really wants is to be heard and seen. And, you know, when you have a lifelong upbringing of that being the approach of how the household was, and a track record of showing up in relationships with that as a thing. is, And this may be a little deeper than you want, but it's like my childhood wound is I'm not enough. When I feel I'm not enough, I start to get anxious about stuff. And so a problem-solving mentality really addresses that well. But like stepping back and just like being there and, and seeing these the, our daughters who we care so much about going through difficult times, it the problem-solving person wants to step in. And so that was one of the primary things I've had to, at that point in her life, that I really had to say, wow, I... <laughs> I need a I need a brand new way of relating and letting her talk about her feelings and share my feelings where I can. So I would say that was the primary one that I had to look at and c- 
recommit myself to a new way of living. And you know what, Chris, I don't know what your perspective on this is, but you know, a lot of times in stuff like awareness, it's such a big deal just to become aware of something. And it's almost our nature that once we become aware of it, it's like, okay, what are we going to do about it? It's like, hey, let that awareness marinate for a while. And it took a while for me. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. That's still part of my my calling. So I don't know what your experience is with with that as well. But it's it's like that was a big thing when when she was at that age for me to to set aside. No, I think that you're right. I think that for fathers of daughters, being aware is definitely something you have to learn because I think all of us come into situations that whether it be with our with anyone, right? Not only yes. our daughters, but with significant others, with friends, with anyone as solvers. We come in and we're like, okay, what can we do? What can we do to, to fix this? How can we right. fix this situation? And not everybody wants that. And in a past episode, I've said this before. So some some of you may be like, oh, I, I know what you're going to say, Chris. I know what you're going to say. But one of one of the past guests that we had on talked about just that. She said, your daughters, as you said, don't want you to solve their problems. Yeah. But one way around being able to know what your daughters want without saying, what do you want? <laughs> is saying, when you and your daughter are having a conversation, is to sit down with them and say, okay, is this a solving conversation or is this a listening conversation? And let your daughter decide. Yeah. Because by sitting down and having that, I had never thought of it that way prior to her saying that. But it's so true that I'll sit there with my daughter and I'll be listening and I'll be thinking in my head, okay, how can I help her? How can I fix this? And a lot of times you have to reprogram yourself to be able to say, no, just hear, just yeah. listen, be present and don't think 20 steps down the road because that's not what she needs. That's not what she wants. And you have to be willing to be able to change yourself to be able to change as a father. And, and, and that's not an e always an easy thing to do, but you have to be willing to do it and do hard things as a father to be a better father. Right. And even when you, you talk about that, is it a solving conversation and a listening conversation? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because if I've never done that before, if I've never said that before, and then I say it to her, like sometimes she'll be like, what? What, what what is that? You know what I'm saying? She's like, so I remember I said something to her once about, look, I'm really proud of you for, I said it really eloquently. Like, I'm proud of you for being courageous and taking the space and share your feelings. She's like, she said, looked at me and she said, dad, did you just talk to your coach? I was like, yep, I did. I did. That's exactly what happened. But it's the calling on the confidence of knowing that saying those things like you're saying, and so it's like, if she chooses, it's, it's a listening conversation, then I need to show up as the listener. You know what I mean? And if I don't have that, if I'm developing that skill, it's just a more challenging skill than I ever thought it would be. For someone who's a really good listener, like I'm a really good listener, I can pay attention really closely, but it's like part of the listening is just uh, laying back and letting her bring to me whatever she wants, whenever she wants, which is the first part isn't as hard for me. The second part is more difficult for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, She's going to talk about it on her time. You know, one of the things you said just a second ago was talking about fear that you have within yourself, not being enough. Yes. You kind of you brought that up yourself. Now, I think it's important for us to, as fathers, to unpack our own fears. One of the things that I hear from a lot of dads is that there is a fear 
in raising daughters, especially if you didn't have sisters, if you didn't, if you don't have a lot of experience connecting to women in that way and young women in that way and raising and seeing how daughters are raised. As you look at the experience that you've had in raising a daughter into adulthood now, what would you say either were your biggest fears or what still is your biggest fear in raising a daughter? So my number one fear with my daughter from where she is right now, actually it's probably true for before too, is you mentioned the connectivity part of dads raising daughters and we care about them so much and what are the fears. And that's part of the reason I started that father-daughter dance podcast and why I admire the all the work that you're doing on so many levels with the stuff that you do. My number one fear personally is that my unaddressed issues personally from whatever it was from my past, consciously and unconsciously drive my behavior in a way that she basically adjusts to with her behavior that is a byproduct of unhealed wounds in my life. So what I mean by that is if I'm with a friend or at work or whatever, and I'm passive aggressive, it's like (laughs) me as an adult, when someone's passive aggressive with me, it's actually not easy to deal with. You know what I mean? And a child has no chance to deal with someone who's passive aggressive. So if I'm passive aggressive in my past, she will develop coping skills around that, which will not serve her as she goes forward. And so my number one fear is that there are things I don't see or do see that are holding me back in trusting that she needs to have the dignity of her own experiences as a means to grow and expand her own life and go on her own path. I mean, that is, it's like, what am I doing to ensure that whatever choices she makes, she'll be able to grow and learn from that because I cannot protect her from everything. A really simple example for me, here's a super simple example. She played volleyball. That was her uh, sport. So when she was like 12 or 13, she went, uh, did did your, I can't remember. I, I haven't heard, does your daughter play sports or anything like that? Yeah, I've got two daughters that both play soccer. And my oldest also plays golf. Perfect. So my daughter got into club volleyball. She did for her first year. I'm not enough, right? That thing. I was so along for the ride in her first year getting into club volleyball that I was emotionally a little untethered as she was going through the experience. And I think that dads need to actually show their hearts to their daughters and and that kind of thing. I think that's really important. But it's like, I got to step back and say, how am I going through this experience? How am I showing up? Because she's having her own emotions. And my job, as best as possible, is to keep myself grounded and provide her the space to be able to go through difficult things as they go. So that that was when she was, I don't know, 12 or 13. She went to high school. She did well. She played two years. She tried out for varsity, didn't make varsity, which was really upsetting to her. Now, when she didn't make varsity, I was the one who went and picked her up and we went and got food to get Chipotle together. And I stayed emotionally balanced. There was a lot going on inside of me, but I stayed emotionally balanced because it was in service to what she was going through. You know what I mean? Look, I was disappointed too, and but I was going to let her have that experience. And I didn't. And in, and in that, I was trying to solve it when she was younger. What she went through in high school, I didn't even run to say things like "you'll get over it" or any of that kind of stuff. It was just like I am here to listen to you and hold this space for you as you go through this difficult time. And truth be told, when I 
dropped her off and then she left the car, I started bawling, right? <laughs> because I was upset and I had stuff held up. But it relates to a, an event that happened to me when I was a kid. I lost one of my brothers in my 20s and my father was very, very upset. And he was understandably really emotional. And when I heard the news, there was no space for me to have my emotions. And it's something I had to learn from because I was pretty, I don't know about cold. I didn't know how to feel my emotions. And so that's the kind of thing where I can see a progression and say, hey, look, you are not only healing from these wounds, but you're doing it in a way where to the best extent possible, you are not bringing more things into the relationship with your daughter now that she has to deal with. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm never going to be perfect. I'm sure there's things that I do that, you know, upset her at times and, and that are when I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm not being my best, but it's just like, it's just, I'm being human and making mistakes. But that as far as fears go, that's my top fear because as dads, as da this is why I love what you do. This is how I got drawn to you and your whole effort. As dads, we need each other. We got to help each other and we want to help each other because it's in service to as best we possibly can being the um, best dad for our, for our daughters and, and giving them the dignity to be able to have the strength of experience to go face those things that we that may be other items on that list of fears. Will she get a job? Will she have a career? Will she get into a relationship? And all these things where it's like, I have these ideas of what I want them to be, but it's like, if I don't start with number one, which is addressing my issues, so I show up with her in a full heart and a open soul and a safe space. It doesn't mean that I don't call her out at times. I do call her out at times, but all those things are free of my childhood wounds as best I possibly can. That's a long answer. God, Chris, has anybody ever given that long of an answer to what is a really to the point question like <laughs> you know I, I let i let people talk because <laughs> you know because the fact is is that every father's experience is different and yeah. being able to unpack that for yourself as well yeah. as for for me and for others you know is important because you as as you said when you listen you learn and when people tell their stories when fathers tell their stories that unmasks some of what fatherhood is yes. and some of the challenge about fatherhood is just the fact that not every person's willing to talk. Not everybody's willing to, t to lay down the burden of this is what fatherhood really is. This is what I had to go through to be able to be a better dad and to help other dads and lift them up because a lot of times men feel like they've got to go it alone. They have to figure it yeah. out for themselves. And that's not the case in any sense. But there's this feeling like I can't ask for help. And that it, that shouldn't be there, but it sometimes is. Now, you talked about your your podcast, The Father-Daughter Dance. And I want to, want to have you tell me a little bit about that. Talk to me about the genesis of the podcast and mm -hmm. what drew you at this point in your life, because you have an adult daughter. A lot of times, a lot of the, the dads that I hear doing podcasts still have daughters that are in their homes and they're kind of doing it as a cathartic way to be able to learn. And you're at a point where your daughter is an adult. Mm -hmm. I mean, but you're still learning. Yeah. But but talk to kind of bring me back to the beginning and what made you decide that you wanted to take this step to be able to help dads in the way that you are? 
Thanks for asking, Chris. So the Father Daughter Dance podcast is devoted to helping dads keep up with the velocity of how things are changing for our daughters and also give daughters the opportunity to have space to talk about the relationship in the podcast. It's somewhat similar to what you do, very similar in in a lot of ways. However, for me, there's a couple of things that are a genesis of it. So the first is just for me personally, as a dad, as, as a person, really, I told my mom when I was younger, I wanted to be the next David Letterman. And instead of being the next David Letterman, I'm hosting a the father daughter dance podcast, but I really enjoy it. Like I'm good at it and I have fun with it. And it's a curious thing for me to do to express myself creatively. And I want to use my God-given gifts and talents to whatever I can contribute to the conversation on a macro and micro basis in the way that you're doing to a certain extent. And so my daughter and I, every year since she was about eight, have written a letter to one another on our birthdays. That's our gift to each other. And I give her some stuff too, but that's the primary gift. We each do a letter, maybe even younger, I don't know, six. Anyway, But in the letter, consistently every year, we exchange ideas about how I say to her, I love it when you take risks and make mistakes and put yourself out there. She sends in her letters to me, she says, it's so important for me that you encourage me to take risks and make mistakes. And I have been thinking about this for years. And it was just with the pandemic, my father passed away right at the beginning of the pandemic, not from COVID. He passed away from dementia. And um, one of the last visits I had, I had with my daughter and we were sitting there and you didn't know who we were or any of that kind of stuff, but we were listening to the song Bridge Over Troubled Waters. And I was holding my father's hand and then my daughter put her hand in my hand. And I just felt like a big connection, a big spiritual connection where I felt the call. And then when my father passed away, I just decided I got to do something. I'm going to put myself into this. It's the pandemic. I've got time to do this. And so I started doing interviews in the summer because I was going to write a book, which I still, a book or a script, which I want to do because I think that there's opportunities to have a new kind of conversation find its way into mass media. And at the very beginning of this year, it's like, I've been knocking this around for a while and I wasn't ready to do it and all that kind of stuff. And I sat down with a blank piece of paper because you know what was holding me back, Chris? This is incredible. The name of the podcast. I couldn't do it because of the name of the podcast. And you guys had the best one. You guys had the best name out there. I started just brainstorming about names and I hit the father-daughter dance. And I was like, that's it. It's not the daddy-daughter dance because that has a certain connotation to it, at least for me, because there's ones out there called that. It's like the father-daughter dance. And I thought back to when I would go to those dances with my daughter, what we talked about earlier with me with my tie on my head, because I would go dancing and <laughs> just be out there. And But I would see the dads dancing awkwardly with their daughters who would want them to dance with them. And it just, it became the perfect metaphor for what the relationship of a father and daughter has. I mean, we've touched on it throughout this podcast, is the willingness to go do the thing even when it's awkward in service to our daughters. And, and so the moment I hit that, I, I landed on that and I'd had a couple and I had a couple people around me too, like nudging me towards like, Tim, you got to do this. The second I got the name, I went and did everything. I got all the art. I hired a producer. I'm like, I am doing this. This is happening. I was like, even the little things, like I picked the music, 
you know, it was crazy. I saw the, I listened, I heard the music on a commercial. It's like, I picked my thing from premium beat and I heard it on a commercial. Anyway, so I just started doing it and I picked the first few interviews and one of them was like one of my best friends. And, and, you know, just a quick story on it, Chris, because you're, you're certainly good about listening and I'm certainly good at talking, which is a nice combination, by the way. My goal, and if there's dads listening and you are thinking about doing a creative project, even if it's named exactly what mine is named, it doesn't matter. My goal in it was to have micro impact on either people who are listening or people who are participating. And one of my first eight or nine guests on the Father Daughter Dance podcast, which you can listen anywhere, Apple, Spotify, all those places. His name's Tom Sexton. And um, he he battled stage four cancer and is a brother of one of my very best friends from high school. He's from the same town. And we had a conversation about it when we were talking about, do you believe there's anything unsaid between you and your daughters? And his daughters are in their thirties. And as we talked about it, he was like, yes, there is. There is stuff that I have not said to them about what's happened with me in the past. And Chris, he went and had conversations with his 30 plus year old daughters. And that made me so happy to play a small role. He came back on the podcast and then told, he's the, one of the only people I've had on twice just because I wanted to, he followed up and, and told the story of what happened afterwards. But it's like, I can't tell you how many, like I had one dad on who lost his daughter when she, she was an infant, went on to have another daughter with his wife and then adopt a new daughter. And he had never really told the story of everything about losing his daughter as an infant as publicly and as openly as he did with me. And he's one of my best friends also growing up. And then he got all kinds of people talking to him and sending him things. And that's the kind of stuff I, I have another dozen or 20 stories like that. Am I going to be a podcast that's going to be listened to by millions of people? The answer is no, it will not happen. But am I going to be someone who is out there trying to contribute to the conversation on a scale that's not equal to what you guys do, but is still valuable and important to me? Because the, on the backside, by the way, one of the underlying reasons I do it is because then I learn from the dads I speak to because I've spoken to dads of all kinds and and women as well. One one woman who lost her father when she was three years old and she told the story and then I just learned from it. And I tell you, I've become a better father to my daughter during that time. So I'm really, really enjoying it. You know, I'm going to see where it takes me. I think I may broaden it out to include other subject matters as well, but I'm really enjoying the father-daughter dance podcast. I can tell that you enjoy it because in listening to it, you can tell how passionate you are, but also you are able to really draw out the stories from fathers. And I highly encourage everyone to listen and learn. You know, this is not the only Dads with Daughters podcast. There's, a, there's other ones out there <laughs> and that, that you can really learn from in many different ways because all of us are talking about this in a lot of different ways. And you've got to hear these stories from other dads because the more yeah. that you hear stories, the more that you talk to other dads, the more that you are going to learn and grow as a father. Whether right. you are a brand new father, whether you have adult kids there's always learning that can happen. And, and even if you hear something and you say, ah, oh, shoot, I should have done that when the kids were 16 and now they're 30, you just heard. It's not ever too late to talk Never. to your kids about, about whatever you need to talk to them about. You know, whether it's a failing, whether it's a, a joy, whether it's a, hey, I never told you this, but did you know? And yeah. just have those conversations. Be open, be raw, be honest, and and just get in there and be ready, you know, at any point to to kind of put your soul out there on the line for your kids because that's what it's all about. That's right. Now, Tim, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions. All right. I'll even Let's do deeper it. into you as a dad. 
All right. So, let's do it. Okay. In one word, what is fatherhood? Honesty. Now, when was a time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? <laughs> so most recently when I was having a conversation with my daughter where I really wanted to know what to say and I didn't, and I was willing to say the vulnerable thing and just tell her, I'm not sure what to say till I love you so much. And I really want to be there for you. And sometimes I just don't know what to say and I'm here for you. And that's never going to change. And for whatever reason, at that moment, being upfront and with her to the fact that at times I'm not going to know, and it doesn't change the fact that I'm never going to not be here for her. Now, if your daughter was here and I asked her this question, how would she describe you as a dad? She would describe me as someone who is consistent in the fact that I allow her to share her feelings, which a lot of dads have difficulties with. Someone who is a present, reliable part of her life someone who makes her laugh, that we laugh with a lot, and that someone that she absolutely knows and is reminded regularly loves and believes in her because I tell her those things. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? There's so many people. It's just an interesting thing. But the honest answer is my daughter. My daughter is the one who inspires me to keep looking inside myself to grow. And it's and it, you know what? The dad's listening. I love what you said about it's never too late. As our daughters grow up, the issues and things that they have, they become more adult, which means I have to continue to work on my stuff as well. And so I think probably the best answer to that is my daughter inspires me to be the best dad I can. And you've given a lot of pieces of advice today, but if, but to, if you're leaving one piece of advice behind, what would you say is the piece of advice that you would want to leave with dads today? Start from where you are, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Stuff that I say, if like you hear, it, I love what you said earlier when you said, oops, I should have done that when she was 16 and she's now 32. It's just like, have an honest, hon that's why honesty is so important to me. Have an honest assessment of where you are today and say, what do I want to do from here? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are right now in terms of how old you are or how, how old she is is if you start from there, you just make whatever progress you can on a day-to-day -day basis and get closer to the kind of uh, father that, um, you know, you hear dads like Chris and others are, because you can do it. It's not magic. Like it is not magic. It's work, but it's not magic. And so that would be the number one piece of advice I would give. And if people want to find out more about you, more about the father-daughter dance, where should they go? You can search the father-daughter dance podcast and you'll find it on Apple, Spotify, Audible, you'll find it in everything. But uh, even if you search the father-daughter dance, Tim Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, you will not get home improvement. I promise you that. Although I'm called the tool man all the time. Don't type Tim Taylor because you will get the tool man for sure. But type in the father-daughter dance and Tim Taylor. And you know I'm always on the lookout for potential dads that would like to come and share their stories or daughters who might be listening to this as well. I love to have new and interesting guests and I would love to hear from you directly from there. Well, Tim, I just want to say thank you for being here today. I look forward to watching and listening more to the dads that you have on your show. And I just wish you all the best. Thank you. And, and for our listeners, Chris is going to be on. Come on, Chris, you're going to, you're coming into the dance. We're going to check out Chris's dance moves. So he'll be on soon and that'll be coming out. But I, again, I, I think it's just a, a higher calling that you do what you do. And it is truly an honor to have been a part of the conversation. And thank you for having me on today. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. 
The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers. We spend the time. We give the lessons. We make the meals. We buy them presents. Bring your A-game. Cause those kids are growing fast. The time goes by just like a dynamite blast. Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men. Get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.